Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Common Ground as we pick up in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Good name, so important, so valuable. Good reputation, so important. It's rather to be chosen than great riches. Loving favor, rather than silver and gold. The rich and the poor meet together. Where? In the eyes of the Lord. For the Lord is the maker of them all. You know, God can't be impressed with your bank account. We all meet together when we stand before God. The rich and the poor, we're all alike. We meet together. There's a common ground. Whenever we stand before the Lord, we're meeting on common grounds. Except, as I understand the scripture, the poor man has maybe a few advantages. How hard it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. That is, how hard it is for those who trust in riches. The danger of riches is always that tendency and temptation to trust in your riches. I've learned that I can buy my way out of problems with my money. I learned that I can use money to influence people or to uh, control people. And I'm used to then the manipulation of people because of my financial prowess. Poor person doesn't have any of those problems. When you stand before the Lord, the rich and the poor meet together. The prudent man foreseeth the evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. The prudent man. Now, we see the evil that is going to result from a life of sin. And we hide ourselves in the provisions that God has made through Jesus Christ. We hide from that day of judgment. But the simple, they're going to pass right on into it and will be punished. By humility and the fear of the Lord or reverence of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Now, he that followeth after righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. Here, by humility and the reverence of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse, and he who keeps his soul shall be far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go, And when he is old, he will not depart from it. This particular passage of Scripture has been the center of great controversy. There are many people who, with an aching heart, looking at their children who are rebelling from the things of the Lord, and their hearts filled with wonderment as to how the child could turn so far from God. But yet, God has declared, train up a child. 
Of course, it does involve that responsibility of training the child. The Hebrew word is one that we translate catechize. It's a systematic form of training. But what did you train your child to be? What was your primary purpose for your child? What was your goal for your children? What did you want for them above everything else? You say, well, I wanted them to be successful. I wanted them to be happy. I wanted them to have a successful career. I wanted them to have a good education. Well, they are purely pagan goals and ideals for your children. They're totally unchristian. The primary goal that we should have for each of our children is that they walk with the Lord, that they learn to know God and serve God and walk with him. Now, that is not undervaluing education. I think that it's great, and I think a person should avail himself the opportunity of every educational advantage he can receive. But that should never be our goal. Our goal should be that our children will walk with the Lord. And I'd rather have them walking with the Lord and be an ignoramus and work in some very menial work than I would to have them have their PhDs and be agnostic or atheistic or blasphemous against God. Not all of our children graduated from college. I have to confess a disappointment that they did not take full advantage of all of the natural God-given intellectual capacities that they had in going to college. And yet, we've learned to commit this completely into the hands of the Lord. The fact that they went to college or graduated from college or not doesn't really make any difference to me. I'm thankful they're walking with him. That's what's important. It could be that in college their minds could have been twisted. It could have been that their values could have been destroyed. The true values. I would much rather that they be walking with the Lord than to have their PhDs. Train up a child. What is the goal that you have? That's important. If you're training a child to be successful, he may be successful. But he also may be a successful infidel. Train up your child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. The rich rules over the poor. And the borrower is servant to the lender. He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity, and the rod of his anger shall fail.
He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor. God's mark upon generosity. He that has a bountiful eye shall be blessed when he will give to the poor. Cast out the scorner, and contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. It's amazing what one scorner can do in bringing strife and contention. So cast out the scorner. Here at Calvary Chapel, actually, we have requested many scorners not to come back. You know, it's a healthy body that can purge its system of the poisons. And when a body is no longer strong enough to purge itself of its poisons, that body is going to die. In the New Testament, it says to get rid of the leaven. For a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. So cast out that leaven. Same thing here, cast out the scorner and you can get rid of so many problems. The contentions and all will cease. He that loves pureness of heart for, for the grace of lips, the king shall be his friend. The eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge and he overthroweth the words of the transgressor. The slothful man says, there is a lion outside, I'll be slain in the streets. Any excuse to keep from going to work. <laughs> and again, as Benjamin Franklin said, the man who is good at making excuses is seldom good for anything else. The mouth of a strange woman is a deep pit, and he that is abhorred of the Lord shall fall in it. Verse 15, again, is far as the correction of our children, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it from him. Solomon no doubt observed his father David's mistake. David was an extremely poor disciplinarian. And as a result of his being a poor disciplinarian, his sons rebelled against him. It is spoken of one of David's sons that he never once punished him or did anything to antagonize him. He just left him alone. And that son grew up to hate David and rebelled against David. And of course, Absalom also rebelled against his father. David was just a poor disciplinarian. So many times we have the false concept. Well, I don't want my, you know, I don't want to break this bond between my child and I. You know, I won't punish him. I'll just let him go. And, and that laxity, lack of discipline, the foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of destruction will drive it far from him. A child left to himself will bring reproach to his parents. He that oppresses the poor to increase his riches, and he who gives to the rich shall surely come to want. Now at this point, the 
whole thing of the Proverbs begin to change a bit. We've had Proverbs for a long period that more or less are isolated singly and stand alone. Sometimes you have a couplet, two of them together. But now the whole procedure of the Proverbs change and we now have longer Proverbs. That is, they take two, three, four verses. In the Proverbs that we now follow, you'll notice this definite change and rather than just little uh, four-liners, they now uh, expand on a particular thought. Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart unto my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing if you keep them within thee. They shall withal be fitted in thy lips, that thy trust may be in the Lord. I have made known to thee this day, even to thee, have not I written to thee excellent things in counsels and knowledge, that I may make thee know the certainty of the words of truth, that thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto thee. So that whole paragraph now is the one idea of just instruction hearken to the instruction that I'm going to give to you, keep it, and basically the instruction is to teach you to trust in the Lord. The next two verses form one thought. Rob not the poor because he is poor, neither oppress the afflicted in the gate, for the Lord will plead their cause and spoil the soul of those that spoil them. Again, God taking up the cause of the poor person. 24 and 25 make up one thought. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest you learn his ways and get a snare in your soul. 26 and 27 are together. Be not thou one of them that strikes hands or of them that are surety for debts. For if you have nothing to pay, why should they take away your bed from under thee? How many people who have, you know, signed as a surety have been stung? So it's a warning against signing as a surety for someone else, co-signing on this loan for me, friend. Be careful. Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Now, this, of course, came as a law in the book of Deuteronomy where they were prohibited from removing the landmarks. The landmarks have been established by God, property ownership, and the limits of that property ownership. Remove not the landmark. I think of it in a spiritual sense. The landmark is the guidelines. And in a spiritual sense, unfortunately, we are living in the day when many men have sought to remove 
the spiritual type of landmarks or the foundational truths of the Word of God. And what confusion has ensued when men start playing around with the foundational truths of Christianity, questioning the authority of the Word of God, questioning the deity of Jesus Christ, and, and men starting to remove these landmarks. Confusion results. Do you see a man that is diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men or, in the Hebrew, obscure men. <laughs> now, the next three verses are coupled together. When you sit to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee, and put a knife to your throat, if you be a man given to appetite. Be not desirous of his dainties, for they are deceitful meat. So you don't go in and start scarfing up the hors d'oeuvres, you know. <laughs> All of these dainty little fancy things, you know, and you go in and, you know, just start wolfing them down. And never anyway you're going to fill up on hors d'oeuvres. So when you sit with a ruler, just consider diligently what's put before you. And if you're given the appetite, better just take your knife, put it to your throat. Don't be desirous of those little dainties. Keep your hands off. They're deceitful. Labor not to be rich. Cease from your own wisdom. The Bible says, if riches increase. Now it says, labor not. Don't, don't let that be a goal of life. But if riches increase, set not your heart upon them. God may see fit to increase riches. Just don't let your heart get set on them. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. The next three verses are coupled together. Eat not the bread of him that hath an evil eye. Now, this isn't referring to the old superstition that there are some people that have an evil eye, that they can look on you with that evil eye and put a hex on you. It's almost humorous to watch the preliminaries of some of these boxing matches where they have these guys over in the corner, you know, to put the evil eye on, on the other boxer, you know, and, and you see them trying to put this evil eye in hex and, and you see the boxer deliberately avoiding, you know, won't look and see that evil eye. But this is not at all a reference to, you know, some kind of a power that a person has to put a hex on you with an evil eye. Actually, it is just referring to a person whose mind is evil, to an evil person. Eat not the bread of him who is evil, neither desire his dainty meats. 
For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. If he is thinking this evil in his heart, then he's an evil person. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. The morsel which you have eaten, you'll vomit up and lose thy sweet words. Speak not in the ears of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. And again, we had in the last chapter, remove not the old landmark and enter not into the fields of the fatherless, for their Redeemer is mighty and he shall plead their cause with thee. In other words, God will take up the cause of the widow or of the orphan, of the poor. If you're a widow, if you're an orphan, you're poor, you've got a fantastic ally. God will take up your cause. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Proverbs on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Proverbs 22 through 23 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. And now may the Lord help you to assimilate that which we have studied, and may he bring to your remembrance those things which he has commanded. And may you be enriched in the knowledge of God and his will and his plan for your life. May the Lord be with you, to bless you, to guide you, and may you be kept by that power of God through faith and trust in him. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Undoubtedly, one of the most glaring signs that our society is in trouble is the breakdown of the family unit. Marriages just aren't making it today, and kids are suffering as they watch the breakup of their homes. Those marriages still holding together are often plagued by conflict and turmoil, making the home a battleground instead of a refuge. That's why The Word for Today would like to present Pastor Chuck Smith's Marriage and Family MP3, 
where Pastor Chuck discusses basic biblical principles to keep a family's love alive. Each member of the family has a different set of needs and responsibilities. And when you know and apply God's principles, everyone in the family can experience real peace, real joy, and an agape love. To order your copy of the Marriage and Family MP3 by Chuck Smith, call The Word for Today at 800-272-WORD or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.